Welcome to Theodora Speaks, a podcast series celebrating risk-taking women who have successfully failed forward on their journey to reinvent themselves and follow their dreams. I too am on a reinvention journey and recently made one of the toughest decisions in my life, realizing I can have it all, but not at the same time. My podcast guests share that same philosophy and mindset too. I am creating a community for women in tech and STEM and offer advisory work as well as course curriculum to help you up-level your risk-taking skills. Visit gailkeller.org for more information. Thank you for listening to my podcast. You have a lot of podcasts to choose from, and I am elated and grateful you're here. In this episode, we converse with Cheryl Malatich, Senior Vice President of Transmission and Substation at ComEd, a unit of Chicago-based Exelon Corporation. I asked Cheryl to be my guest on my podcast because she is the woman in STEM you want to know. Cheryl personally inspires me as a woman in tech to be my best self. She defines leadership, is a risk taker, and gives back to her community. I am all about showcasing risk takers who also have philanthropic hearts. Cheryl also is an avid concert goer. Her love of music is contagious. And who doesn't love music to lighten one's mood? Here's a fun fact. We both are blessed to be godmothers to our nieces and have the common goal of loving and uplifting while empowering them to follow their dreams. Cheryl's impressive story of climbing the corporate ladder is inspiring as is her effervescent and charismatic personality. Cheryl is an award-winning leader being a recipient of the Midwest Energy Association's Maverick Award. Her natural leadership traits of promoting, connecting, and strengthening female leaders in energy operations and engineering is something to admire. She began her career in distribution engineering and her experience spans distribution planning, supply, and asset management. Additionally, she shared with me that when she managed the distribution operations control center, people asked to work for her specifically by name, in the basement of the facility nonetheless, simply because they wanted to be on her team. That says a lot about Cheryl's character. As Cheryl and I have an enlightening conversation about her STEM journey, listen for when Cheryl describes why she has a philanthropic heart for girls in STEM and how she helps them realize their dreams can come true. I've been surprising my guests with billboards created by their friends and family that best describe their very essence. Today's billboards brought a tear to my eye and Cheryl's when I read them to her. They are inspiring. Cheryl, as Peter Cetera would say, is one good woman. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for joining us today. Wonderful to be here. So happy and excited to have you here. I've been really anticipating this conversation and honored that you said yes to be on Theodora Speaks. I am very happy to be here and excited to be able to uh, join you and uh, talk a little bit about me and some of the things I've learned in my career. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for your time. I know your time is very valuable. You're a successful and busy lady. Cheryl, today we'll cover topics from being a senior leader at a top energy company to your philanthropic passion for STEM to your love of concerts. But first, picture yourself driving down 290 on your way to downtown Chicago. As you sit in some heavy traffic, you look up and see the following billboard about yourself. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And that billboard is created by your loving sister, Karen Ornberg, mother of two, grandmother of two, 
and an insurance sales specialist at State Farm. When I asked Karen, why respect? Why does respect embody the essence of Aunt Cheryl? She said, in her own words, treating people with respect on a daily basis is one of the most important traits a leader can have. It creates trust and improves effectiveness. Respect is about listening to people. This is achieved by exhibiting an interest and appreciation in what others have to say. It is about expressing gratitude for the contributions of others and also being taking their concerns seriously. The reason I chose respect as a trait to highlight Cheryl is because I have been in several social settings with Cheryl and her work associates and have witnessed firsthand the level of respect that Cheryl has for others and that they in turn have for her. Respect describes Cheryl perfectly. Wow, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> and, you know, it is it is interesting because Karen has uh, been with me in multiple uh, different uh, types of either entertainment where I've had people at my house or, you know, she's been at events with me. And uh, I really uh, appreciate that, that she said that about me. And uh, I know we've had a lot of conversations around how... Uh, Sometimes when she's talking to the folks that work for me and then she tell me afterwards, hey, you know, this person said this about you and, you know, it was really, really nice that they really love working for you or something like that. And, you know, it, you know, being a leader is about, it really is about being that person that people can trust, that they can go to when they need to, and they know that you have their back, but also they know that you're going to hold them accountable to make sure that they can do the things that they, they need to do but you're always there to hold them up if they need that as well. So, Yeah, that's well said. That's well said. And you are the definition of a great leader. Your intellect, your empathy, your ability to empower and inspire others. Heck, I want to work for you. <laughs> and this world needs more leaders like you, especially female leaders, Cheryl. So hats off to you. So, Thank you. Cheryl, today you serve as ComEd's Senior Vice President of Transmission and Substation at ComEd, overseeing engineering and design, work management, transmission and substation construction and maintenance, and substation relay and testing. And for our listeners today, ComEd is a unit of the Chicago-based Exelon Corporation and delivers electricity to more than 4 million residential and business customers across northern Illinois, which this part is crazy to me, which equates to 70% of the state's population. That's a lot of people you're bringing electricity to and energy. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. And you've been with ComEd, this is super impressive, for 30 years now, Cheryl. So tell us about your journey and the various roles you held within the company. And was it always smooth sailing? You know, it it is so hard for me to believe that I've been with the company for 30 years. You know, I, I like to tell people that I grew up at ComEd. Uh, you know, I started there right out of college. You know, I have a bachelor's in electrical engineering. I have an MBA in finance. Um, but I started out as that kind of typical engineering path when I started with the company. You know, learning learning the business and, you know, performing some engineering design on our, our distribution grid, which if you think about like a, a subdivision, mm -hmm. you know, and how electricity gets to all the houses, that, those would be the types of projects that I would design when I first started with the company. And, you know, when I was about probably about six years into my career, I really wanted to move up in the organization and I really wanted to start to supervise people. Mm -hmm. So I had been an individual contributor up to that point. 
And I was interviewing for multiple jobs and really wasn't having any luck. And I was getting very, very frustrated. Um, and my mentor at the time, uh, who I had met early in my career, was actually in our supply organization. And he had suggested to me, well, maybe you know, I should divert my career a little bit and go into his organization and work for him for a while and do something different. You know, I had known him for about four years. He was a director. We had worked together in the past. He was a really great guy. And he was, you know, one of those people that you can go into an office, you can close the door and have a real frank conversation and know that it was just between you and him. Nice. And really, I, I truly you know, loved the fact that I had someone like that in the organization that I could count on and I could ask questions to. It just so happened at that same time, I was up for a promotion, you know, in my current role in the typical, you know, engineering path at the time, but it was still an individual contributor role. So uh, I was uh, actually in the process of interviewing for that role in supply when I was offered the promotion to stay where I was at in that typical engineering path. And this was the very first time I made a huge risk in my career. Wow. I turned down that promotion and I decided to roll a dice and see if I could get that, that job in the supply organization, because I really wanted to do something different and didn't necessarily want to be that, you know, quote unquote, typical engineer mm -hmm. that, and this going through the same path that everybody else was. And I look at back at that now, and I did get the, the job in supply and I did get a promotion Congrats. actually to go into the, into the supply organization. But there were so many people that looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why would you turn down a promotion? And you know, you're an engineer. You, you want to take a typical path of an engineer. Why would you want to go into the supply organization? But when I think about it, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. And it was one of two times in my career that I think really defined my career. Because what it was for me was about personal growth. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had been doing, you know, the same thing. I was learning a lot at the beginning of my career, but really wanted to do something different. And I think over time, it helped define me in a broader part of the organization that I might not have ever been exposed to, you know, if I hadn't made that, that left turn into that organization. And I learned about a totally different part of the business than I had been involved with before. So after a few years of being in that, in that supply organization, I did actually get my first, first shot at being a manager in the, in that supply group. And, you know, I think about it now, if it hadn't been for my mentor at the time, even suggesting that to me, Mm -hmm. And even thinking about the fact that that was a possibility, you know, my career could have turned out totally different than the way it is today. And that taught me very early in my career that it was okay to take a risk. And I think it also taught me to listen to the people that are around you that you trust. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they see something in you that you may not even see in yourself. Yes. And, you know, I'm the... I'm the type of person that I love to learn. You know, I'm an engineer. It's in my heart. It's, it's how my mind works. And, you know, even to this day, that drives me to continue to strive for new opportunities. You know, and throughout my career, you know, there's been roadblocks, of course, in 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, there's one point in my career where I really wanted this, this role. We were merging with a, another uh, utility in the Mid-Atlantic, and I really wanted this one role. And I thought I was a shoe-in. And of course, I didn't get it. And I was actually placed into a totally new role that was looking at how technology can really drive the business in a whole new direction. Mm. And at the time, you know, I didn't see that it was a great move for me. But when I moved out of that role, what it gave me was the opportunity to prove that I could do something totally different, create a whole new organization, show how I thought about things and how I can drive the business in a new direction. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it all goes back to sometimes things don't work out the way that you think they might or think the way you think you want them to. But at times you don't know really at what point you are in your career and what other people might start to see in you because you have some of these different opportunities. You know, I look back, I've, this is my 15th role that I've had at ComEd in 30 years. So some people might say I couldn't keep a job, right? So I moved around a lot, but for me, it was about learning different parts of the organization. And I think looking back at it now as a leader, it gives me a lot of different perspectives. Because I've seen different parts of the company. Yes. You didn't let risk be your fear. You faced it head on. And and the skill set you learned was invaluable, Cheryl, to give you those 15 other opportunities. Really made you marketable. And, you know, I I think about, you know, that I mentioned that the the supply organization was my, my first really kind of big big diversion of my career that really defined me. So if you think about how a utility works, you know, all of a, all of the customers when they have outages, you know, call into our call center, it feeds into a computer and the computer looks at where all the outages are. And then the people in the dispatch center will dispatch, you know, field personnel to, to fix the issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really found my niche. I loved being in that role. It was a challenging role. Um, personally, you know, you're always on duty. Mm-hmm. You know, if something happens, you need to be ready to respond. If you think about, you know, the grid never stops. Everyone expects their electricity to be on every single day, 24 hours a day. And, you know, people at Comet are working 365 days a year, 24 by seven. And that really, you know, got me back to the core operational uh, role and, really led me to the current role that I have today as the senior VP of transmission and substation. You know, about a year and a half ago, I was promoted into this role. And, you know, interestingly enough, in all of my time, this is the first time I've been on the transmission and substation side of the house. So again, I'm in a role that, you know, was new to me and it continues to help me grow even at being with the company for 30 years. Yeah. And the sacrifices you made with the job prior to this, I remember a couple holidays where we're sitting down ready to have the roast, open the next bottle of wine. Where's Aunt Cheryl? She's saving Illinois. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't matter if it's Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries, if something happens, it happens. Right. But the sacrifices that you've made are making are, are paying off. And that's wonderful to hear. So Cheryl, what made you desire to climb the corporate ladder? You know, if you, if you would have asked me 30 years ago, if I was going to be an officer of one of the largest electric utilities in the country, I would have told you no. 
Um, I think my drive to continue to learn and my passion to continuously improve any organization that I'm a part of or that I'm leading, I think has naturally led me to continue to excel up the corporate ladder. You know, I work for a great company, you know, a company that values diversity, inclusion, and equity. And we have so many talented women at all levels in our company. You know, if you look at ComEd's executive board, uh, it's made up of 61% women, mm-hmm. which is pretty astounding in the energy business. Absolutely. Um, and I would actually challenge you to find another utility company that has such a diverse leadership. You know, at one point in my career, I was looked at as, you know, someone who was promoted because I was a woman. And I was, I was meeting a quota, you know, and I've also at different points in my career, I received feedback that, wow, it was really glad to see that, you know, someone that actually deserves it got promoted into this position, which you can kind of take two ways too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But from my perspective, no matter who you are or where you are in your, your journey in your career, when you move into a new role, you need to prove yourself. Right. You need to prove yourself to your boss, to the people that are working for you, mm-hmm. the people that are working with you. Um, and when I look at Cross ComEd, we've really come a long way in our journey for diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, and I'm not sure you ever really arrive at that, but I think it's all about awarenesses and understanding privileges that certain people may have based on their gender, their race. And, and really having that courage to speak out for other people that may not look like you. Mm-hmm. You know, there were many men and women in my career who helped guide me, you know, provided me opportunities to help really showcase what I could do and had the courage to really see me as a potential leader in the organization. Um, you know, I remember at one point in my career, I had an executive, I was just talking to him and, and he said, you know, how, how are things going, Cheryl? And I said, you know, it's been, it's so great that I've been so lucky with all of the opportunities that I've had. And he stopped me, dead sentence. And he said, Cheryl, you create your own luck. Mm. And I never, ever forgot that because it's just as important you know, for leaders in the organization to ensure employees are treated equitably and afforded opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. As it is for you yourself to take that initiative and ask for all those opportunities. You know, yes. I think too many times, especially as women, um, you know, we talk ourselves out of taking that leap sometimes. Um, we get in our heads too much. We do get in our heads too much. And, you know, I, I, I think I was lucky, I'm going to say I was lucky, <laughs> that I in early in my career, I learned that it was okay to jump in the deep end of the pool and I would figure out how to swim. You know, did I always make the right decision? No, you know, but that was okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the other piece of that is that you have kind of that personal resilience to learn from your mistakes and just continue to strive to move forward. Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly, Cheryl, that we learn more from our perceived failures or losses in life than we do the wins. If we won Definitely. every time, right, we wouldn't understand empathy. We wouldn't understand that feeling of winning, right? Exactly. And we always have to be improving ourselves 
to continue on that lucky streak. And it's refreshing to hear that you as a leader and, and ComEd are really taking diversity and inclusion seriously, being proactive about this, even ahead of, you know, the pandemic, the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. It's lovely to hear. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen by accident. No, they've got the right people at the helm, just like you. So Cheryl, what advice would you give your 20-something self? <laughs> now, I think the, the one thing that I totally undervalued when I was young in my career was networking. You know, I look back now and I know people all across the country that are in the energy business, you know, and so many of them have, that have helped me. And, you know, of course, working for the company for 30 years, I know so many people in, in our organization. And there have been many people in my career, you know, that have lifted me up when I was down, right? Provided me that, that sounding board if I really wasn't sure about something or needed some advice. And, you know, really, you know, helped me develop the capabilities that I have. And, you know, I think the, the more people that you know and the more people that know you, the more doors that'll start to open for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the same advice I'd give my 20-something self is the power <laughs> of networking and to have multiple mentors out there, right? Of all genders, of all levels of roles. Yeah, I love it. And what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? You know, I do a a lot of uh, high school events, STEM events for high schools, talking about what it's like to be a female engineer. And, and, you know, it's it's interesting because I tell high school students all the time who are trying to, you know, maybe they, they know they want to be an engineer, but the number one question I get is what type of an engineer should I be? Right. Mm -hmm. And they, the advice I tell people is follow your passion. You know, getting an engineering degree is not easy. Mm -mm. And if you're not following your passion and what you really truly believe in and what you want to do, it's going to be even that much harder. So, you know, work hard, follow your passion, and don't ever let someone tell you that you can't do something. Don't be afraid to take risks. You know, for me, it's just also as important that as you grow in your career, that you're giving back to those that are coming behind you. You know, I love what I do. I feel privileged that I am an officer of the company that provides electricity to 4 million customers in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. And it's, for me, important that women behind me can see that they can do exactly what I'm doing and not even have a question in their mind that they can't do that. Right. Right. I love it. You're a great example. So as we transition to topic two, Cheryl, your passion for women in STEM, picture yourself back on the highway. Only this time you were on the Golden Gate Bridge, just leaving San Francisco and on your way up the coast to Russian River Valley for some wine tasting. Awesome. (laughs) You look up and you see the following billboard. Rockin' the women in STEM world for 30 years strong. Created by your niece, Lindsay Wolski, senior director at Shackley and chief mom officer of her household. When I asked Lindsay why those words described her Aunt Cheryl, in her own words, she said, 30 years ago, Cheryl began her career in engineering at a Fortune 100 energy company. And since then, Her impact has gone far beyond delivering energy to millions of electric and natural gas customers. 
She has invested in herself and in others, specifically in the areas of leadership and in the professional development of women in engineering. A rock and roll music enthusiast, Cheryl loves her job, the women in STEM community, and the continuous improvement of herself as a respected leader just as much as she loves a good Burning Man concert. <laughs> love that. Just love it. Uh, you know, I have uh, one of, you know, and I mentioned it to me, it is about giving back and it, it is so important that young girls, women in the energy business all understand that, you know, they can do this as much as, you may have that you know little bird on your shoulder that's telling you, oh, I don't know if you can really do this. Are you really sure you're qualified to do that? Um, I think it's important for them to have role models and people that they can look up to and people they can ask advice of. Right. On you know how can they really move their career forward? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all have that little voice, right? That's going to tell us we not do. to do it, but we've got to really temper that and let our be our faith be stronger than our fear. You know, you just kind of brought me back to my days at Microsoft, Cheryl. People asked me, why did I want to work there? And I said, there were only two reasons. One, you know, world-renowned technology. Number two, the philanthropic work Microsoft does. They don't Mm -hmm. do a good enough story of telling the world how much they help them. And that's truly why I was drawn, because philanthropic work, philanthropy is very near and dear to my heart as well. So speaking of rocking and rolling, Cheryl, you've expressed how important (laughs) it is to have men in our corner. What mm-hmm. does having supportive men uplifting women in STEM mean to you? You know, for me, it's getting that seat at the table. Um, and, you know, once you're invited to the table, being treated equitably. You know, my, my CEO has a, has a great phrase that I love. He says that inclusion is being invited to the party, but equity is about being asked to dance. Ah, beautiful. You know, if I think about at the start of my career 30 years ago, there was one female executive at Cabot. That was it. So, you know, when you're looking at climbing the corporate ladder, where you want to go, what you want to do, you look for people who look like you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see people that look like you, it's hard for you to imagine that you can ever actually achieve that type of uh, of of a role in the organization. And really the only way to change that is if men are in your corner. Mm-hmm. You know, if I look at across ComEd today, we have 60, over 6,100 employees, 48% of them are women and people of color. And 64% of our executives and more than 56% of our, our key managers that leadership level right under the executives are all diverse. And that really does not happen Mm-mm. overnight and it doesn't happen by accident. It happens because we have leaders in the organization that believe in diversity. They believe that we need to look like all the customers that we serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so wonderful to be part of an executive team where the organization can look at the executive team and see someone that looks like them. It's a great place to work. I love it. So going back to your philanthropic hat, not only, Cheryl, are you a woman in STEM, you serve on the board of directors for Panado, 
charitable organization, as well as on the Chicago chapter of the Society of Women Engineers and ComEd's chair of the Energetic Women's Committee for the Midwest Energy Association. Tell us a little bit more about your draw to the Penedo Charitable Foundation. Their mission is very moving and personally brought me to tears reading the value statements of their what-ifs. You know, I, I mentioned giving back and, you know, ComEd is an organization that, that gives back. It's very, you know, philanthropic, as you talked about Microsoft, very, very, very similar. And, you know, the expectation is when you're at the executive level, you're on a non-for-profit board. And when I was looking at my options, you know, Pinedo was, was mentioned to me as, a, as an organization that I might be interested in. You know, I investigated their mission and their story. I met a couple of the women you know, that run the foundation. And I just simply fell in love with the organization. You know, it feeds directly into what I stand for, which is helping girls realize their dreams. Hmm. You know, the, the foundation's mission is to educate, you know, at-risk girls to become women of knowledge, faith, and service. You know, I was fortunate to grow up in a family of engineers. You know, I had many positive influences in my, in my life as I was growing up to become an engineer. Many girls don't have that, especially in at-risk communities. So, you know, really Pinedo helps those girls realize that they have the potential to follow their dreams. You know, and I, I was lucky enough, I became great friends with two of the women that started the foundation and they founded it in memory of their niece. And um, I was just, I was truly honored to be actually the first non-family and non-friend that was appointed to the board of Pinedo. Ah, it's a wonderful organization. That's impressive. And I bet those girls appreciate you being there because if they can see you, if they can see that role, they can become it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had so many, they've, they've gotten to do some interesting field trips with me as well. So they have come, come out to my control center. They've done volunteer events with me. So it is really a, a great organization and, you know, a great re- way to show those girls of the potential that they can succeed no matter, you know, who they are, where they've come from or what they look like. Mm-hmm. That's so important to let them know that they shouldn't give up on their hopes and their dreams because yes, they That's can. right. Very beautiful. So Cheryl, tell us about your passion for helping other women and girls in STEM. You know, um, I'm involved in a ton of different activities uh, to really, you know, help get girls interested in in STEM. You know, pre-COVID, you know, I would always attend, you know, multiple STEM events at high schools and, you know, talk about my story because I think some of some of it is really about that exposure to understand that, you know, it's not easy sometimes, right? You're gonna, mm-hmm. you're gonna trip up and it, that's okay. But to always continue to follow what your dream is. And, you know, one of the things that I've done when I go to STEM events, particularly at high school, is I will take, you know, four or five other female engineers with me. So when You know, the girls are looking at all the different tables and they see a whole bunch of women behind one table at a STEM event, I think is very impactful. I have a a math teacher at one of the high schools just loves when I come, come out to the high school because she's like, it's, it's girl power. Mm -hmm. You you have all these women here and they, and the, the girls can see how they can succeed 
you know, as being an engineer. Um, and power you know, it numbers. really is, it is power in numbers. And it's that it's okay that, you know, maybe you, you don't look like everybody else, but you can still do it. Right. You know, and then, I, you know, the other piece outside of just helping the girls is helping other women in the industry. And that really is my association with the, the Midwest Energy Association. Um, you know, and that, that mission is all about helping to prepare women in the energy industry to make sure that they're, they can move into leadership roles in operations and engineering. So, you know, I like to, to really look at it from two different fronts and two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. It's getting those girls interested right at the beginning. And then once you're in the industry, showing that, you know, you have that, you have that power in yourself to be all you can be. Mm -hmm. You have a great handle on the outside in view and the inside out view. And that's mm -hmm. a priceless perspective to have. So Cheryl, what does taking a risk mean to you? <laughs> to me, it's about leaning into an area that makes you uncomfortable or that you don't know a whole lot about. And the other, the flip side of that is also making sure that you're resilient enough to bounce back if things don't quite work the way that you expected. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's okay to take a chance and build on imperfections and failures. And you can expect that that's going to happen. But it's all about that resiliency to say that that's okay. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. Because I think really how you react when you fail says as much about you as how you respond when you succeed. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Very well said. And so true. We learn so much about each other, like we, or ourselves, like we talked about a few minutes ago in the conversation, when we fail, when we exactly. lose, right? And we know what to work on to always improve ourselves going forward. And when thinking about those risks, Cheryl, what tools have helped mm -hmm. you take your risks? You know, I, confidence, I think, is the biggest one. And that a lot of that comes with experience. Um, but I think the other piece of it is observing those people that you really respect. And when you see those people take risks and how they respond and how other people respond to them, really learning kind of how, how much leeway that you think you may have. And you know, also kind of trusting in others that you know, they, they may really see something in you that you don't even really see and trusting and kind of taking that stretch assignment that you're not really sure you can do, mm -hmm. but really driving towards, you know, looking at how you can make that role your own and grow yourself in that role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I've always appreciated about the mentors that I have had and currently have is when they identify things that I don't see in myself and say, okay, I can mm -hmm. do that. Or, oh, I thought about that, but maybe I thought I couldn't do that, right? And they say, no, give right. it a try. And so that, that resilience is, is key in those steps. So I, I really like that. Cheryl, as we transition to the next topic, women in STEM are fun. Yes, we Yes, we are. are. Right. <laughs> and I don't think we pontificate enough how fun we are and how we like to have fun. So let's kind of dive into why you are so fun, Cheryl. So you're an avid wine collector, which you and I share that. I think you probably have a, a larger cellar than I do, but we, we share that enjoyment of good conversation over a good glass of wine. 
So as a Midwestern girl, tell us how you fell in love with wine. You know, I think I, I grew into it. You know, I, I started to, you know, dabble with different types of wine in my 30s. And, you know, in my 40s, I think my my palate, you know, kind of went up a little level and I started to enjoy, you know, finer wines, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I turned 50, I made the decision that I was finally going to visit Napa Valley. And uh, that was the present that I gave to myself oh, when I turned 50. And I, uh, I rented a villa and invited my entire family uh, to come and celebrate my 50th birthday with me in Napa Valley. What a lucky family and we to had be invited. a blast. Oh, we yeah. just had so much fun. And we, you know, we visited so many different wineries. And uh, I think my palate took another jump <laughs> level up of uh, even really, really good wine. So, uh, and as you said, now my, my wine collection is, uh, is pretty extensive in my, in my cellar. And I, I do enjoy a uh, glass or two on the weekends when I'm relaxing. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you should, as you should. So switching gears from wine to concerts, you are one of the mm-hmm. most avid and loyal concert goers I personally know. So tell us how your passion for music came about. You know, I, I always loved music when I was growing up. Since I was a little girl, I think I, I really loved music. You know, I remember you know, listening to big band music on my father's reel-to-reel player when I was a little kid. Cool. For those of you who don't know what a reel, reel-to-reel player is, you can Google it. Um, but I am an avid, avid classic rock fan. Uh, music is really my release. Yeah, you know, I listen to it when I'm cleaning, when I'm unwinding, you know, when I'm down, that really is my, my release. And, you know, I attended some concerts, you know, when I was younger, but really in the, in the last 10 years with all of those great classic rock bands, you know, getting back together for reunion tours and touring, um, really going to a concert and not only going to a concert, but being in like the first 15 rows of that concert, um, really just getting lost in the music. Right. And, and I am one of those, uh, people that's singing and dancing every single song. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. So going back to talking about resilience and when you think about your resiliency, what are your Mm -hmm. go-to songs when life gets you down, Cheryl, Mm -hmm. to aid in picking yourself back up again? You know, there, there are, there are, many but I, I think there's a there's a few that are really my probably my pretty much go-to songs so one is keep a little soul by tom petty mm-hmm. good song and then the second one is don't stop me now by queen <sighs> i like it oh i can see you clean into that too by the way <laughs> so now we're gonna switch gears to family and you and i we both have something in common besides our love of wine and the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. We share the title of godmother and are blessed to be godmothers mm-hmm. to our two of our nieces. What risk-taking and STEM fundamentals are you instilling in our nieces? You know, when when they're young, it's all about exposure. You know, I've uh, I love snap circuits. You know, of course, I'm a I'm an mm-hmm. electrical engineer. I'm in the energy business. I love to be able to, uh, you know, give a give a gift to a uh, a little girl who you know doesn't know what electricity is or how it works and can build something and see, oh, that's how the light turns on. 
and the light bulb kind of starts going off in their head. And I think the other piece of it is making sure that you allow them to be what they want to be. You know, I, I remember Harper when she was five, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and she was going to a Lego camp in the summer. And she asked her mom, am I going to be the only girl at the Lego camp? Mm. And it, it broke my heart that at five years old, she already sees that division of what girls like, what boys like, and is it okay for me to like this if other girls don't? And it's really about that reinforcement, you know, that reassurance. You can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. And, you know, you're going to try some things, some things you may like, some things you might not like, but just continue to follow that passion. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important, not only to our parents, right, up uplift that the yes you can and and follow your dreams but as godmothers that that's also our job right um and and that harper and and sloan can hear that from other adults other women the yes you can exactly as long as you put your mind strong women that they have in their family correct correct so that's that's exciting so cheryl as we wrap today let's do a rapid fire round of questions okay okay ready favorite vineyard Chateau Montalena, hands down. Ooh, the cab or the Chardonnay? The cab. Ah, yum. Favorite movie of all time? Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I watch it every single year. <laughs> oh, I love my Uncle Clark. Best concert you ever attended? That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to have to say The Desert Trip. So it was a three-day concert at Coachella in California Ooh. with uh, Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, The Who, and Roger Waters. Did you camp out or get a hotel? Got a hotel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite song you dance to when no one is watching? Footloose. You gotta love Kevin Bacon and Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> Seven degrees of separation. <laughs> That's right. First in-person concert on your list post-pandemic. So I already have two that I had scheduled in 2020 that are rescheduled in 2021. So uh, Steely Dan and Steve Winwood and the Doobie Brothers. But I would love to see Phil Collins and the Eagles again this year. We'll see if that happens. Ooh, that'd be good. That'd be good. Do you have your tickets yet? Not for those two. Favorite fashion designer? Vince Camuto. Ooh, good one. And best part about being a woman in STEM? my ability to show other women that they can do this. I love it. I love it. Well, you're beautiful inside and out, Cheryl. And I'm honored to have you here today. And I want to thank you for your time and your willingness to share your story. And best of luck to you. And I hope to share a glass of wine with you real soon. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you to Cheryl Melitich for sharing her story with us. A special shout out to you, our valued listeners, and a new voice studios for producing our podcast series. The three key takeaways from today's conversation with Cheryl are one, you create your own luck. Just take the initiative. Two, when you're in a new role, always remember to prove yourself. That's something that we can't ever forget. We are always proving ourselves and needing to work hard, especially if you want to shine and 
climb the corporate ladder. Number three, listen to the people you trust. They might see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And you never know what doors and experiences can open if you just make yourself vulnerable to the people you trust. If you're dealing with indecision in your career, visit gailkeller.org. In addition to my podcast series, Theodora Speaks, I offer advisory sessions as well as course offerings on how to prepare you to be a risk taker and face your fears. With educational curriculum focused on instilling the values of courage, decisiveness, confidence, assertiveness, and balance. I can help you successfully reboot by teaching you how to gracefully fail forward without the crash and burn. Speaking of moving forward, on my website, you'll find recipes from each of my podcast guests. Check out Cheryl's delicious recipe for grilled salmon and asparagus. The goal of my virtual cookbook is to help you, a busy professional, ease your to-do list, enjoy, and bon appetit. Stay courageous. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>